1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to
0: the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody had a good weekend. It was a, man, it was a really pleasant weekend weather-wise. Hope everybody doing well on this nice-looking Monday afternoon. Uh, Welcome in Bill, Dan, and Drew here in the WOW Business studio. That's right.
2: And WOW Business has the speed you need. We've changed the read-up, Bill. Yeah, I noticed that. The speed you need with super-fast business internet, visit
0: WowForBusiness.com. Our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also, the sponsor of our hotline where we welcome in guests when they can't be with us here in the WOW Business Studio. Uh, And also, take your calls, questions, comments, and the number to get you through is 334-321-321. 1390. You can also text the show on the Drive text
2: box. Send us a question or comment. three three four five six four eighteen forty. The Drive text box
0: presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Now normally on Mondays uh, with us here in the WOW Business Studio is Brian Matthews from com. but uh, today is another day as, as um, we're sort of getting used to this. Just about every practice day there is some type of Viewing opportunity or media uh, opportunity with players or coaches today is another one of those days where earlier today the media had a chance to spend a little time with a couple of assistant coaches today it was Zach Etheridge and Brad Bedell and then at around five o'clock today there's another viewing window for practice so uh, Brian Matthews uh, will be heading over to the practice field and checking that in a little while but. Uh but but early on he's going to uh, spend a little time with us so let's welcome him in on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Brian, how you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing great. Uh just left the dog park actually. Um and now I'm headed over toward uh campus and uh going to do a little walk at the Coliseum and head over to football and
0: check out uh practice this afternoon man that's uh yeah that sounds sounds like a uh, a good day i (laughs) mean a little little media opera a while ago uh so so i i assume that the uh um the the uh the medication or whatever you've got for the for the for the hay fever for the pollen and everything must be working pretty well if you can go 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 to the dog park
3: so far so good i haven't had like good deal Melt down with my nose, you know, running and sneezing, and everything. So yeah, it's, it's been going good. And of course, we still got a couple more months of this, but so
0: far, oh so good. yeah, yeah, at least at least another solid month of this. You can count on it pretty much through the end of April. Um, yep. So so yeah, good good luck with that. Well, uh, um, before we uh, talk about today's um, Friday was was really cool. We got an opportunity to watch a decent amount of the scrimmage on Friday and and. Again, I want I want to thank whoever is responsible for that opportunity, um, but uh, just just you know some thoughts from from what you saw Friday over there at the scrimmage.
3: Well, um, I guess I'll start on kind of a negative note, sort of. I mean, you could see they were struggling in some areas with their depth, right? You know. Yeah,
0: Let's I mean not. Up, uh, yeah, I, I noticed you wrote you wrote a little bit about that in the musings. I mean, it's. Uh yes they're they're thin because of the transfer portal but um but then Brian Harson was also kind enough to to run down just about everybody who was not out there and uh tell us you know what what the outlook was for them.
3: Yeah, a bunch of guys banged up and nobody uh, that we know of has suffered a serious serious enough injury that they're going to miss the fall. And even guys like uh, Jaquois Hunter and um who else is out for a
0: long time? I think it's only gonna be like eight eight to ten weeks. I think J.J. Uh, well, uh, I, I think J. Evans was another guy that was gonna be in that range.
2: Isn't uh what Brandon Council's back this summer? Isn't that the well, idea? Well, yeah,
0: I mean he, he ran down and we can we can run down that in a little while, but I mean there was there was a long list of players who were out, but I mean he pretty much said who's out for short times, who will be back at the, you know, and and who'll be back this summer and I think everybody is is should be Right now, everybody should be able to, uh, go through the, uh, the, the summer workouts and, uh, hopefully be good to go for fall.
2: What's the, um, what's the Calzada timeline as far as we know it? And what have you both thought of the quarterbacks as you've seen them so far this spring?
0: Well, I mean, he said about Zach that, you know, he's gone through everything except for contact that he's, uh, what, what did he say? He didn't say chomping at the bit. He said he's uh, he's taking the mental reps, right? He's getting oh those, yeah, uh, but I mean, he's well, he's doing more than just mental reps. He's wh- except yeah, when they go seven throwing. on seven or eleven on eleven, he's going through I, all the drills. You know what? I
2: love mental reps. I'm gr- I'm great at those, yeah. Brian. You know, I, I, I always excelled. <laughs> I always excelled at the mental reps, and then
0: No, It, so- it sounded like Brian that uh, Zach Zach should be should be fine for the fall workouts because he's going through everything except. Uh, limiting the contact this spring.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see him day game, but we have seen out of practice. Right. And if I have to care, compare everybody by just that, you know, 15 or so minutes we've been out there for, what, three or four practices, I'd probably say he's throwing the ball as good or better than anybody else out there. Uh, you know, I think TJ is also throwing the ball well. Mm-hmm. From what we see, of course, we see. Drills where they're not throwing against defense or pressure or anything. They're just they're just throwing different routes to different receivers. Uh, and then I think Holden uh, Garner is throwing the ball pretty well too for a freshman. Right? He's not going to have quite as much zip on the ball as a TJ or Zach does right now, but uh, uh, you can see it. Um, and then uh, the Ashford kid does not, you know, have the arm that the other three have. I don't think, but he does bring that different aspect, of course, with his dual threat ability. And we saw that a little bit in the scrimmage, of course. Um, so, uh, my guess is it's going to come down to TJ and um, and Zach, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, and um, from from the time we saw, and then and then Brian Harson gave us some numbers. Said Zach was seven of ten. Um, you know, I saw one pass where he had a guy open and he missed him. He made a the best pass I've seen an Auburn quarterback make in a while. Was the the long pass to John Samuel Shinker.
3: Yeah, he put that right on the money, and he's really good on those uh, passes over the middle. You know where he's got a, you mm-hmm. know, kind of fired in there to a tight end. That story it seems like his best best throws are like that a lot of times. Sometimes he struggles on the shorter things and uh, maybe being accurate on the, the really deep balls. But um, he threw that one perfectly, and um, you know we'll say we got to remember he was a raw prospect coming out of high school. Uh, he's got you know if you. Total up the last two years, he's got about a season of experience starting. Right, so he's got that under his belt now. Um, he's got to spend, uh, you know, time working on what he needs to work on. So we'll see what he develops. I wouldn't, you know, totally close a to book on his chances.
0: No, I think it's uh, it's it's an interesting competition. I mean, uh, again, you've got the the two youngsters. Ro- Robbie Ashford's got a a strong enough arm. At times, uh, it looks like. He, he wants to actually go a little quicker than they'd like. I mean, he, he sort of, he may rush things a little bit. But, uh, no, his athleticism is something you definitely notice. But you're you're right, Brian. I mean, one of the things that, that was very noticeable is the lack of depth that there was out there. Um, a guy that stood out, no question, that stood out was Caleb Wooden, Dan. I mean, Caleb Wooden. Had a a great interception. They tried to sneak. They tried to sneak Malcolm Johnson in with some of the backups. Um, with with when Robbie was was there at quarterback. Was it Robbie or Holden? Um. Uh. You know. I. I don't remember. I'm not sure. Uh. Anyway, it was, it was the. It was definitely the backup line, and they were going. Uh. Uh. Against. A lot of the twos, but something that's that gives you an idea of the lack of depth that there is at a few positions is Caleb Wooden never came off the field. I mean, he was out nope. there with the first defense, the second defense, and then the rest. Well, there really aren't that many de- de- scholarship defensive backs, oh, right? And, and no, so no, now. Especially at safety. Zion Puckett is out for a little while. Uh, today, Zach Etheridge said he should be back pretty soon, but uh, with Zion out, I mean, it was Caleb Wooden, but. But anyway, Mark uh, uh, Malcolm Johnson came in, and I, I believe, yeah, yeah. Brian and I were, were sitting sitting there next to each other, and and uh, and and uh, Brian Stoltz was there as well. And I went, "Hey, look, Malcolm Johnson's in." And I wondered if they were going to throw to him, and they did. They tried to run yeah, a, 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 tried. Deep, a deep corner, and it was actually it looked like a pretty good pass. But Caleb Wooden, with a great play and came up with the interception there in the end zone. And Brian Harson told us afterwards that. Oh, he didn't know if we were talking about this practice or the one before where he'd had that spectacular interception. So that's a young guy who's really caught folks' eyes. Has been Caleb. So,
2: sounds like there's more than a uh, you know just a chance that in 2022 you see the Wooden Brothers together on on the field for uh, for, for the Auburn defense, right?
3: No, I think Caleb's definitely playing. You know, right now he's lined up in Zion Puckett's place, where Zion's probably the starter, but. You know, Zion's battled throughout his career, so there's no guarantee he's going to play or start every game. And then at the other safety, you've got Caden Bridges and uh, Marquise Gilbert sort of battling out, too. And I think eventually they're going to rotate those guys so they know both sides fairly well. But I would say that Caleb is one of the guys, one of the young guys, newcomers, that have standing up the most so far
0: in the spring. Talking with Brian Matthews from... um... AuburnSports.com here on the Monday edition of the Drive. Brian usually here with us in the studio, but uh, again, an opportunity today. We've talked to uh, quite a few of the coaches and uh, and players recently, and you, it, you
2: mentioned earlier today, uh, Brad Bedell had a note about. I mean, I was going to ask Brian about pass catchers and uh-huh. somebody that even when we list Auburn's scholarship receivers and tight ends. Uh, sometimes a player can slip through the cracks and somebody I don't think we've mentioned on this show in what feels like ages got a shout out from his uh, position coach today.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the, th- I asked Brad Bedell just about the numbers and the, uh, the opportunities they're getting. And I was just talking about how many guys could get on the field this fall. And he said all of them. But then I went at once and he went, well, that's a different question. But he made a point uh brian while while a few of us were sitting there talking with him that he wanted to to let everyone know uh how good a spring brandon frazier is having and how much he's pushing yeah. everyone there at the tight end spot and we saw him out there with the first unit a good bit on friday
3: yeah actually brian speltz wrote about him he was over there for that interview i just put up that story i wrote about uh, bridges and um marquis gilbert uh today so both those are up along with video but yeah that's um that's interesting because when he came in as a freshman, we first saw him. we were like, "This guy's going to be special, right?"
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Then he almost disappeared last year, and we were wondering what was going on. Or, you know, would he convert a tackle or something? What was happening, and now here he is, finally. I guess he he sort of got bigger and stronger, like they felt like he needed to.
0: He was already and, and big. Out
3: there on that <laughs> yeah, maybe stronger is the right word.
0: Well, and and Brad said faster too, and and uh, he always had the soft hands. So so yeah, that gives him. Them... Uh, another weapon. And, yeah, Brad, Brad Bedell seemed to just be, you know, just uh, uh, licking his lips just at the thoughts of different things he could do with all those tight ends.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, he's got another good one in Michael Raleigh-Ducker, and I'd, I'd be willing to bet they're going to sign another good one in the 23 class because, you know, the one thing about um, Coach Horson and this offense, they're going to throw the ball to tight end. Um, you know, John Samuel Shanker set an Auburn record last year. Uh, in Harson's first year, and now he's got all these pieces back, and it's another year in the offense. You figure they're going to be a really, really big part of it again this fall. Well, and you would assume
2: that even if Auburn didn't have uh, the condition it had right now at wide receiver, right? I mean, you think about the the numbers at you know just just the the limited number of scholarship receivers. Auburn is going to try to address that in the in the in the time between now and the, and the start of the season. But one way you can hide that a little bit is by using two and three tight ends as much as you can, especially if you feel good about your tight ends as pass catchers. And it sounds like Auburn, I mean, it's between the guys that we've seen, Schenker and the younger players who were on the field quite a bit last year, and now the chance that Brendan Frazier and and Michael Riley ducker uh, could join Schenker and Fromm and Deal and Landon King, it would make sense that this offense would try to uh, incorporate tight ends as much as it can. And I wonder, Brian, and, and I'd, I'd like to know how much you're seeing this, but even if you're not seeing it very much, I, I still wonder if we'll see it once the season gets going. We saw a couple of these guys play a little fullback last year, and, and you wonder if that's going to be one way, uh, or if the fullback was more of a Mike Bobo aspect of the offense and it's going to be uh, done away with, with Brian Harson in command. You know,
3: I, I think you're absolutely right about the tight end, um, getting more playing time and having two on the field at the same time because of Auburn's receiver situation and because he favors tight ends. And I think if you're going to do that, you, you got to use them as H-backs, as tight ends, split ends, you know, move them around and make them really difficult for other teams to game plan against, right? If that's going to be your, one of your major weapons along with Tank Bisbee on offense, you got to be really versatile with them and you got to, You know, you got five or six of them that can play, so you got to get them out there and and do different things with them.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that um, uh, Coach Bedell was talking about is is the versatility. Because uh, he was asked about, well, if you got you've got some pass catchers and some blockers, and he goes, no, you you don't want to be giving things away with your personnel packages. So, uh, Boy, there, yeah. is that, is, is that music to the ears of some oh, Auburn fans? Yeah, no Brian. kidding. But I mean, oh, my goodness. I mean, well, after, so, so,
3: after yeah, <laughs> 10 years of the previous, yeah, we're going to put out this, uh, tackle at the, at the tight end. I wonder what we're going to do. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So the, so the point was,
3: Devin,
2: yeah, Devin Barrett, Devin Barrett has one play. He's going to come in and run his one play.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So the point is, I mean, if you have two or three of them on the field, they could be, Double tight, they could be, you know, one one split out. One could be an H back, you know, but but have the same guys that could do that. Uh, and and yep. so yeah, that's that's a real luxury to have. And 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 that right now is, I mean, that's really the only place on offense where Auburn has that kind of depth. I mean, obviously they're, they're still working three three quarterbacks plus Calzada, but I mean, anywhere else they just don't they don't have enough to really uh, go too deep. Yeah, that's.
3: Probably the deepest and most experienced and best position on the team right now. Um, uh, well I'd say maybe the best position as far as talent wise maybe the edge with Derek Hall and Leota, but uh, that's just not as deep you know that's, that's mm-hmm. there's a big big fall off after those two and then one other scholarship player and then that's pretty much it so uh, that's one of those areas that's got to be shored up after spring in the transfer portal
0: talking with Brian Matthews of auburnsports.com for for another little while if he can hang with us through a break we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up on some baseball and other things going on here on the other side so stick with us here on the Monday Drive
1: you're live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and silicaga To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the
0: drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill Dan and Drew here in the Wild WOW Business Studio. Brian Matthews, Auburnsports.com, joining us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'll uh, hold him for another segment or so before he heads over to uh practice field. Man, again, the players have got to be loving this too, Brian. I mean, this is this it hasn't been, you know, cold and wet. It hasn't been terribly hot and humid. It's been it's been great. Great weather for spring football practice.
3: It really has. It looks like it's going to warm up a little this week, but it'll be good for them. I guess the next uh, scrimmage will be Friday, maybe Saturday. But I think it'll be Saturday. Really good for them.
0: Saturday, because we've got uh, Saturday this time. You're right. We've got Coach Harson after the scrimmage Saturday afternoon.
3: There you go. So that'll be good to get uh, get out there in a little bit more heat and test their mental toughness a little bit. I know that's something that Coach Tubbs uh, used to talk about all the time, right? Oh yeah. Um, so. That that'll be good for them, but um, you know, I, I think it's been, I think the mood around the team and the motivation and the attitude has been really good from what I've seen out there, and from talking to players and coaches so far. I think that's a positive. Oh, uh, I, from the spring. I think there's a a rally around the troops kind mm-hmm, of attitude with right. it, and I think everybody's sort to of run with it.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, before we let you go this time, and and hopefully. Uh, if you get a chance, yeah, give us a holler a- after the uh, the viewing period. But want to talk a little about uh, what's going on on the diamond? Um, tough weekend for softball. A, a very a-, a must. You know, it was in sort of a must win situation yesterday. Auburn baseball uh, wins in a wild one, thirteen to nine, to win the series uh, down in College Station.
3: Yeah, starting with softball, I just thought that was um, a great series they played. until you know, they got. Beat up uh, game one. Yep. They came back and won game two. And they're really in position to win game three. Oh, and yeah. then Kentucky just made, you know, a really incredible um, uh, bottom of the seventh there to have that walk off. But this team, the softball team, with all these freshmen and sophomores that are playing so much and doing so well, all these experiences they get are just going to make them so much better. You know, they're going to have a nice run this year for sure. Mm-hmm. But you look at, uh, you know, going into the future. You know, the next year and the next year, I mean, they got a chance to make another big run like that uh, 2015 16, you know, team did back in the day. So, uh, I, there's a lot of reason to be excited about this softball program right now. And then, uh, baseball wise, um, that was a big win, uh, for Auburn, right? I mean, um, they won game one, uh, you know, a really tight one. They had a four nothing lead in game two. Yeah. Uh, and really, had they just been able to scrap a, a run or two uh, uh, during those middle innings, they went nine innings, I think, without scoring a run. Uh, they either, they have swept Texas A&M on the road because uh, they just overwhelmed them in game three. They just uh, jumped all over the bullpen once they got into it. So uh, I thought it was a good performance. They're still, you know, struggling to find the right starting pitching combination. Really don't have a one or a two necessarily. Trace Bright's probably the most consistent starter. But I'd love to see him competing every Sunday to win a series instead of, you know, putting him out there on Friday or Saturday. But I should get uh, Joseph Gonzalez back this weekend. Yeah, that would be huge. I would think. Yeah,
0: 'cause they've been, cause yep. they've been without Hayden, him Hayden, for a couple of weekends now. Yeah. And then Hayden Mullins, he's
3: shown some stuff, right? It looks like he can be – if he can keep improving and keep getting better, maybe he can be a, a guy that settles into that spot too. So there's an opportunity uh, for those guys that, you know to come along pitching-wise. But, man, this team is hitting – uh, Mike Bellow, the freshman, has really come in and played great last week or so mm-hmm. now. And um you know some other guys in the lineup. Uh of course Nate LaRue Sunday was terrific, caught all three games, was good. You know, I think he threw out four or five uh base runners, did a great job there. And just uh you know, even a even a game where a uh, Sunny or a series with Sunny just the share didn't have his greatest, you know, uh serious hitting, uh, you know, all was able to went through or three. So I think that's yeah. a great sign offense.
0: Yeah, I mean and you look around the league right now. I mean Tennessee is is what what Tennessee's doing is, is just unbelievable right now. They yeah, just they completely the blew out Ole Miss this past yeah. weekend. But I mean Tennessee's six and oh, Arkansas five and one, Bandy's four and two, and then Auburn is there with it seems like almost everybody else in the league, uh, at three and three. Um, you've got Auburn, LSU, A&M, Mississippi State, Georgia, and Florida, all three and three in conference play. That's why yesterday yep. was huge because, uh, uh, I mean, still Kentucky, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Alabama, all just one game back of that. And then Missouri, the lone team that is well below 500 off to a one and five start.
3: That's right. And, uh, you know, go to LSU this weekend starting Thursday night, you know, LSU is a right. team that often really gets rolling, you know, middle of the SEC season, you know, second half. uh, But right now, I think they're really a beatable team. And I think Auburn has a chance to go in there and hit the ball. You know, they haven't been pitching great. LSU's having sort of the same problems Auburn's had with their starting pitcher. So um, this is an opportunity. Um, We'll see. I think LSU came back and ended up winning that series last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But certainly going to be a really competitive, I expect a real competitive close three games up there.
0: Are down there oh yeah, and again, it's a Thursday through Saturday with the TV on Thursday. Evening. Do you want to make? Do you want to make the announcement? Speaking of baseball, you know. Something oh like- yeah, yeah. Now, uh, of course, we we've, we had Zep Jasper on as our, you know, our, our basketball guest during Tiger Takes. Remember, John Samuel Schenker uh, was on with us during football, and and we've got we got Big Sonny, who will be joining us on Wednesdays. Uh, at five thirty, as 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 our baseball tiger take, so so that that'll be cool, Brian. Looking forward to uh, talking with Sonny, who uh, who yeah is, I mean he his presence is definitely felt.
3: Oh, he's he's great to talk to too. What a what a terrific attitude he has. Uh, uh, man, it's going to be great hearing from him every week, and uh, uh, just been a a great addition to this ball club. I think on and off the diamond, right? Mm-hmm. I mean he's a great player has played terrific first base for Auburn so far, has hit the ball hard just about every single game. And, uh, of course, I think he's a great teammate, too. All
0: right, Brian, uh, we just got about a minute or so before we head to our bottom-of-the-hour break. Hopefully we get a chance to uh, catch up with you after the, uh, the viewing period. But uh, just let everybody know uh, some of the things they can find there when they go check out AuburnSports.com.
3: Yeah, I'm about to head over to practice here in a few minutes. And... Uh, you can get full reports on interviews today, including video of Zach Etheridge and Brad Vidal, and um, updates on the safety position, and Brandon Fraser and uh, my Monday musings, and we'll have uh, video from practice, and updates, and notes, and all that good stuff at AuburnSports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. All
0: right, Brian, uh, uh, appreciate you joining us for a little bit. Yeah, hopefully you get a chance to uh, to holler if, uh, if you see something interesting over there uh, at the viewing window. Sounds great. All right, thanks. Brian Matthews joining us uh, since Auburn is allowing the media to watch 20 or 30 minutes of practice starting at 5 o'clock. We appreciate him joining us for a couple of segments here early on. Yeah, great stuff from
2: Brian as always. If you missed any of it, check out the podcast. podcast of the Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They're available on the ESPN 106.7 app or wherever you get your podcast And, yeah, you don't want to miss any of the information from Brian Matthews or anyone else
0: we talk to throughout the week here on The Drive. Yeah, so we jumped right into Auburn stuff right there off the top. There were some other things. There are some other things we can uh, discuss. The Final Four is set, and uh, you may have heard of the teams that are in it. With all the upsets that there were... You probably have you know, if you followed basketball for a little while, these may be familiar names. There's been a lot of talk this yeah. season about blue bloods. Yeah. You look in the all four of these are blue <laughs> yeah.
2: teams. You, you look in the yeah. final four, these these are these are blue bloods.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. We'll uh, get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in now on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390 here on the Monday Drive.
1: Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. Bill and Dan... Drew at the controls here in the Wow Business Studio. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise? Yes, we were discussing it during the break. I, I've heard a lot of conversation. Oh boy, looking up ESPN. Yeah, PTI's PTI's talking about the well, blue are... blood battle. 4. I was just saying, I heard I heard some folks discussing and uh, trying to uh, knock Villanova as a blue blood, and it's like I remember. Well, before your time, Dad, Villanova playing for the national title. And I went, Howard Porter, that was the, the star of the 71 Villanova team that lost to UCLA in the national title. Um, let's see. They have, um, one, two, three, four, five, six. This is their seventh final four. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were just saying in the commercial break, let let,
2: and I have every right to be snobby about blue bloods as a UCLA grad.
0: This right? is their fifteenth so time that they've uh, made it at least to the elite eight. I mean, if if your argument is that Villanova
2: as a program hasn't achieved as much as UNC or Duke or Kansas, they haven't. Um, that's yeah, okay. That's one thing, but but let me be clear. If Auburn had three national championships in men's basketball since 1985 and the current coach had won two of them, we would laugh at anybody who disputes uh, our, our status as a college basketball blue blood. And I think Villanova, uh, with the success... I mean, I said it on the Max Roundtable earlier today. I mean, if, you, if you're of the opinion that Jay Wright is the best men's basketball coach in the country... There's evidence to support that case. I mean, it's subjective. You can, I mean, there are a lot of people you can make the argument for. Jay Wright's on that list, right? As far as if you want to just isolate the job that they're doing at their current school, I mean, I'd put the job Jay Wright has done at Villanova up against anybody. I think the the North Carolina Duke game is going to overshadow the other Final Four game because it's Coach K right? versus North Carolina, and the game is going to be enormous. CBS. College basketball is not scripted. If, if you were scripting this NCAA tournament for maximum viewership for the Final Four, North Carolina Duke would be one of the games maybe you consider having as, as the Final Four game. So it's going to be enormous. The other game is going to be great, and either team can win the national championship from the Villanova-Kansas game. Uh, but no, Vill- Villanova absolutely belongs,
0: and, uh, and yeah, watch, watch out for a Jay Wright team. Uh, yeah, even though they're they're missing they're missing an outstanding player, great but,
2: great point guard though. Jay, yeah. uh, Coach Champion was talking about the point guard play, and, and that's a reason he really liked Villanova going mm-hmm. into the tournament, and and here they are in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is Villanova's seventh. Like I said, seventh appearance in the Final Four that ranks them number ten all time, tenth all time. Now the other three have been there more frequently. North Carolina. This is this is Carolina's twenty second. Final four, which is the most all time. Uh, this will be Duke's 18th, which ties them for second with UCLA, and Kansas is one back at 17, now tied for fourth with Kentucky. And maybe the best individual
2: performance in this tournament by anybody was the uh, the play Friday night by the uh, by the Carolina Guard Caleb Love the second what half did
0: he have how many he, he, he finished the game. over 25 in the second he half he finished the game with 30 didn't um, he have 25 in the second half i
2: think that's right i think he had i think he finished the uh, i think he finished with with with, uh, with 20, 25 in the second half i thought it was 27 maybe even in the in the well, second he had, half
0: he had at least 25 including in the second half. including
2: the go ahead three right. with, with with a minute left i mean he played as well in that game as any individual player has in any game in this tournament and if he gets yep. hot Carolina can beat anybody in this field, despite the fact that they're just an eight seed in the NCAA. Or in, yeah, in the but terms. you
0: saw a little bit down the stretch yeah. the, the potential
2: oh, sure. of that I mean, Carolina team. And they're not afraid of Duke at all, right? I mean, no. w- went, to, went, went to Cameron Indoor and won. Uh, so absolutely, I, I, I would give Carolina a puncher's chance, more than a puncher's chance,
0: of winning these two games and, and winning the championship. Well, I thought you were talking about last night. Uh, 334-321-1390. Let's get to the phone and Terry... It's on the Kia of Auburn Hotline. Hey, Terry. Guys, how y'all doing? Doing all good right, fine. Terry. I really like that <laughs>
2: one. I did. I like <laughs> that one, Bill.
4: That was a good one, Bill. Um, uh. I'll I tell you who's smiling today, and that's the executives at CBS. It's hard to believe they didn't kick back, prop their feet up on the desk, and light up a big old stogie and say, hey, y'all, look at this.
2: Oh, Carolina Duke! Yeah, it is I mean, un- it's amazing. Carolina, Duke, they'll, they'll make Kansas. back. They'll make back the money from the canceled tournament two years ago. Just from yeah, just from, really. a Carol-
0: from a Carolina Duke game in the Final Four. Yeah, the only thing they wish is they wish that they could have that for the
1: championship game.
4: Well see, I, I personally believe, guys, that the, the national champion is going to come out of the Villanova Kansas game. I think it's going to be Villanova, honestly, because I think Duke North Carolina is going to take so much. Um, it's going to take so much adrenaline out of them. It's going to be kind of like when. You remember a couple of years ago when Wisconsin beat Kentucky in the Final Four, and they weren't prepared for Duke two days later. They took so much out of them to beat to beat Kentucky. I just think the adrenaline is going to catch them. Sure, I mean, night. it's, really, it's going to really, be a
2: it's going to be a real emotional game for the the Carolina Duke players. But I, but I think emotional. but I think Nova Nova Kansas is going to be a great game too. I mean, if you you know, like like we were saying about the Jay Wright argument, you know, if you if you told me that the best roster of the four teams left in this final four is the Kansas Jayhawks. Like there's, there's reason to say Bill self maybe has the most talented
0: team left in this field. Yeah. And then but, I'd probably say that the, the best coach right now is how, ma- how many times,
2: how many times have you been able to say Bill self maybe has the best team in this field? Oh,
0: I've done that a couple of times. And
2: it, and, and it yeah. rarely ends with Bill self holding the trophy at, at the end of, of the NCAA tournament. So uh, you know, if
4: if the three pointers are falling for Villanova, they're going to be tough to deal with. Sure,
2: and if and and when Kansas is playing well, I mean Kansas, the second half of Kansas Miami, was was as well as I've seen a team play in in the you know maybe all weekend as as you know as 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 high a level as anyone reached. I mean the the second half of they the forty seven fifteen. I hate to do this to you, Drew. Forty seven fifteen second half in the Kansas-Miami game. Unbelievable. I mean, the way Kansas, when they turned on the Jets, they absolutely, and I view, you know, I've been watching college basketball, too. I understand the skepticism with Bill Self in, in big elimination games. Kansas looked as good as anybody when they were, when they were, sandblasting Miami out of the NCAA tournament in the second half. I didn't 47-15. 47-15. Uh,
4: yeah,
0: because, because yeah, Miami led by six at the half. 47-15. Led by six at the half and one by 26. That.
2: Yeah, 47-15 second half yeah. in the Kansas-Miami I was
4: already prepared to say, well, it looks like Auburn lost to a Final Four team. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, well, and, and so was Miami after the first half. And then Kansas played as well, like I said, played as well as anybody had, you know, m- maybe all weekend. And, and that's well, um, a... Uh, let me- Sure, yeah, that's that's gonna be a great game. Villanova, Kansas is gonna be it's gonna get overshadowed by Duke, UNC. But I think that's going you got two great games uh, this uh, this Saturday.
4: Well, CBS is smiling, Bill, let me ask you, got Dan, a quick question about the football. I was curious, a guy that I didn't see last year that I really thought was gonna be a big impact player. I wonder what kind of springs out of Dylan Brooks.
0: Uh, Dylan, it, I mean Dylan's getting a lot of work. He had a sack in the um, at least what they call a sack. It
4: was a two. Yeah, it's a touch football. Bitch. Yeah,
0: on on uh, on Friday uh dylan looks pretty good i mean he is uh he he's stronger than he was he uh, he appears more explosive he's gonna have to play because i mean he's right now the only guy they have behind derrick hall and echo leota
4: mm, interesting well, let me ask you this about the departure of d davis last week there was there was discussion that he had struggled with accuracy is that true and if that's true when did tj finley get accurate
0: uh i know
4: he's be—I'm gonna say he's doing all the spring but Anybody can do well when you ain't got guys coming at you. True. And you're basically fan touch football.
0: No, I mean what the the thing is, it's just during the during the periods that the media had gotten to watch. Remember we didn't get to watch anything a year ago. During the periods we got to watch, it was just even throwing to targets D. Davis was struggling. I mean, not, not even throwing to receivers, throwing to a net. And He was struggling. And I would point out that
2: last year when we were able to see the quarterbacks, I don't know if it was as simple as all the quarterbacks looked really accurate because they were just doing drills or they were throwing no. to targets. I think there were times last year when we were able to see the quarterbacks before the season started, it looked like there were moments when TJ and, and Davis we're both struggling with their accuracy it was maybe more pronounced with, with TJ Finley cuz the arm is so big that you'd notice when, when he missed a guy long or he'd missed a, you know he'd he'd, he'd put it uh, too far to to one direction uh, but no it sounds like from and, and yeah you want to be careful about the improvements you see this time of year but I, th- I mean it's easy to imagine TJ Finley taking steps in the right direction as far as improving his accuracy if anything from the experience of getting to play
0: quarterback uh, for for more games uh, at the end of last season, yeah, I, and I, I got a chance to watch the uh, the the part of the scrimmage that the media was allowed to watch on Friday, Terry, and uh, I, I wouldn't say you know TJ looked like the most accurate quarterback that that I've seen. He was the most accurate out there on 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 Friday. He had he had one um, sort of a swing pass that he, that he threw poorly, but other than that, his passes were were where they needed to be, including one that I mean was a perfect dime about twenty five yards downfield, John Samuel Shinker that either now we were sitting in the end zone, the opposite end zone. It either went for a touchdown, according to a couple of people's reports, or I think it was down at the one, but whatever, it was a, a beautiful pass that he threw. Now that and that was with some pressure coming after him. So <laughs> so we'll see. He's he's looked better this spring, but yes. Uh, it's a lot different, spring, and even in a scrimmage, than it is uh, when you're out there, you that, know, with with other people running at you.
4: I think between now and then, Robbie Ashford's going to catch him and pass him. So we'll see, we'll see. Hey, uh, Bill, Dan, did y'all hear the, uh, Will Will Smith's comments this morning about last uh, night? He no. said, "I got one little fight, and I got my mom got scared, and I'll see you at the Oscars next year."
2: Uh, I pre- yeah, pre- appreciate the phone call. Terry, I, I a, something coming. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, yeah, wild, wild stuff last <laughs> night at the. Uh, at, at, I, I at missed the it channel. live. I I was watching
0: uh, as as it happened. It's uh, still you know, one of well, the. Well, when I flipped the channel at ten o'clock and I saw that there were some still big awards left, I went, "Well, good that I caught up on I some think other the, things." The
2: craziest thing is maybe doing that and then going back to your seat. Like you're just going to be able. to... Uh, and, yeah. and he, I mean, and he And then winning. No, well, and thinking. Well, I'm just going to enjoy the. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the show. Everything's fine. Well, well I'm not going to leave but, because but, I, I, I might then, win this. And thing. he was right. He yeah. stayed. It's incredible. Anyways, yeah. uh, but the, uh, the one one more thing about T.J. Finley. Um, in both of the seasons when he's been thrust into action as a quarterback for LSU and for Auburn. He didn't go through the off season as the starter no. and build the rapport, build the chemistry with receivers that people tell us is so important this time of year or during the off season to do that. And you wonder if you know, receivers have a full off season of working with TJ Finley or you know, and TJ Finley getting The bulk of the shares of the, you know, with, with the ones, especially with Zach Calzada still limited. You wonder if that might improve his accuracy. Just the fact that he's getting to work with these receivers more and they can get their timing down and they can build a little more familiarity as opposed to a backup quarterback being thrown in when the, the starter has been working with these receivers from, I I just wonder if that might help.
0: You know, it it surely couldn't, it surely couldn't hurt. One thing that I've, that I've noticed and, and, again, I, I absolutely couldn't give you any, uh, any tips on mechanics for a, for a quarterback. Um, but he seems to be throwing less flat-footed. Hmm. It used to, you know, if you think, think back to last year, there were a lot of times when he'd just stand there and he knew his arm was strong enough, and he'd sort of just flat-footed, you know, throw the ball, and that's where the ball sometimes just really seemed to just rise. And he'd overthrow and, some people. This year, it seems like he is hes moving a little more as he throws. You know what I mean? He's got sort of all, more on the balls of his, well, his feet. Ha- and we've
2: seen... I mean, I can think of Bo Nix and Jason Campbell, right, as quarterbacks who early in their Auburn careers maybe made throws that didn't seem mechanically sound mm-hmm. because they could trust their athleticism and their arm strength. And sometimes that got them into trouble, right? Right. I mean, I mean well, just
0: because... When you're younger, you can get by with that. When you're playing, you know, high school competition, um, you're bigger, stronger, more athletic than than other guys, and you can you can just fire the ball and ex, you know expect that but nobody's going to be able to make a play. I
2: mean, you remember Jason early, and, oh, yeah. and, and Bo, you know, starting as a true freshman, uh, had had some of that as well. So yeah, I mean, I think that would also come with TJ learning, maybe learning the hard way what works and what doesn't. As an SEC quarterback versus as a as a successful quarterback in in high school, you know, figuring out, you know, I'm, yeah, my arm can, you know, I could make those throws that way in high school, but now, you know, I probably need to do it, uh, you know. A, some, some, I need to do something a little bit more orthodox, maybe, to uh, uh, to deliver the ball uh, where it needs to go.
0: We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in. 334 321 1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline as we continue on the Monday drive.
1: Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one here on the Monday drive. Bill and Dan here in the Wild Business Studio. Again, uh, Brian Matthews joined us for a couple of segments, and uh, he is headed over to the football complex, where Auburn uh, practicing. They're, they're in the home stretch. Second half of spring practice. Hard to believe, man. I mean, it, it goes quickly. This is the next to the last week of spring because next Saturday is a day. That's right, and the uh, the you know
2: a, a- day weekend going to be a, a an exciting time as uh, folks get to see uh, a glimpse of of this team you know for the for the first time since the the season ended. And it sounds like yeah, it sounds like spirits are high right now, and the and the uh, the team is is in a I mean it's 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 the time of unbridled optimism right the this time of oh, year yeah. around around major college football is is when Old everyone springs eternal I- exactly and so it's understandable i mean it's a bad sign when you know if 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 the vibe is off right now you know if things are if if things seem bleak in the spring generally that doesn't lead to a championship season uh, in the fall so i mean that's uh, yeah i think i think everyone's Everyone's got the right attitude right now. It's just a matter of, you know, what's this thing going to look like? You know, what, what's going to be different from last season? Who's improved? Um, and, and who... An, another pretty pertinent question is, between now and the start of the season, who that is still on the team right now, is if anyone, is going to make the decision to leave, and who could Auburn add to right. the team between now and the start of the season? Yeah,
0: I wouldn't think there would be a, another... Large exodus of players, but I would think that, you know, a couple of guys who uh are not working with the first or second unit might think, uh, maybe the odds aren't that good for me getting a lot of playing time this fall. So, so yeah, stay tuned. In the meantime, yeah, Auburn definitely looking to add an edge or two, a receiver or two. Uh, and I would think uh, an offensive lineman or two that have some eligibility left after this year just to try to build some depth 334-321-1390 let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and James is up next hey James
4: what's going on Gus hey man hey um two quick questions for you uh where are we at on the five
3: stars for the basketball team from LSU that we were kind of very heavy in competition with the them the first time around. Well, have we heard any news
0: on that? Uh the, the main one the the one that they uh, I I would say everyone is really keeping a watch on right now is Johan Traore, the yeah. uh uh the, the 610 original uh Frenchman who has been playing out in Arizona. He said last week when he decommitted from LSU that he is going to make his announcement This week, we don't know exactly when, at least I don't. I haven't seen when that will be, but I think everyone following him feels like Auburn is the leader. Uh, the, the, the only thing that I would be concerned with is if we don't hear anything this week, then I'd start being a little nervous. And then there, and then there's Brandon Murray. Brandon, Brandon Murray, Murray is, was, was a was
2: a freshman this past year at LSU. He was a freshman this past year at LSU, and he went into the portal, and there is a robust market oh, yes. for his services. Auburn is one of many. Brandon Murray is a five guard, considered a high-quality defender, uh, also a, a pretty good shooter from distance. Uh, but he is somebody who has uh, several years of eligibility left. Maybe just, yeah, he was a freshman. He's so a true, fr- true he's freshman. Got, he's got three years. True freshman this past year. So, yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got time left. But a lot of schools, I know Tennessee and Arkansas, have also reached out. A lot of prominent schools outside the sec mm-hmm. interested in brandon murray as well but that's one option uh you know if, if auburn can land him uh, you know an sec guard uh, looking for a, uh, a a new setting uh, after leaving lsu
0: julian phillips is the other player that uh, decommitted from lsu uh, that uh, that i believe is a 22 guy uh yeah. and, and auburn has been mentioned with him but again that one it hasn't been as prominent As it was with uh, Treori, so uh, he's out of South Carolina, and um, I mean, I think Auburn's on a long list. These guys, again, they've got a little while because the spring, the the um, the next signing period will uh, will last for a while. It'll come up, you know, after uh, after the after the national championship. But uh, you know Auburn's just one of a one of a bunch of schools trying to get a visit from Julian. Sounds yeah. like Eric Stevenson. Did you mention Eric Stevenson? No, I did not. There? Eric okay. Stevenson's a, not an LSU guy. L- but, yeah, so-
2: South Carolina guard Eric Stevenson, who was uh, mentioned after uh, he went into the portal after uh, South Carolina uh, fired Frank Martin, and he played well in both meetings against Auburn this year. A, uh, a shooting uh, guard that that would you know presumably you know add some some offense to the rotation. He's uh, being recruited by a couple other places, he was visiting uh, West Virginia uh, this weekend. It sounds like Auburn in the mix for Eric
3: Stevenson as well. Hey uh, guys, when y'all come back from break, can you tell us where we're out in the Texas, Oklahoma, coming to the SEC?
0: Sure, yeah, we'll talk about that. Appreciate the call, okay. James. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Love for you to join in. Again, the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390.
1: W294AR Auburn. WGCC HD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Drew, the regular crew here in the Wow Business Studio. That's right, you can get two months free on
2: Super Fast Business Internet. You can get the speed you need with Super Fast Business Internet. Switch
0: to wowforbusiness.com. And uh, hour number two of the drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations at Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show
2: on the drive text box, 334-564-1840, Presented
0: by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, we, we, we were on the phone with James at the end of hour number one, and he wanted us to, uh, I guess, talk about it, if there has been any change so, to the original plan from Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. If you'll recall, uh, that was... Um, media days was last it, year. Absolutely right. came out during media days that uh, Texas and Oklahoma would be joining the SEC with the 2025 for the 2025 football season and for the 2526 school year there was speculation immediately uh including right here that that was going to happen a lot sooner I was thinking it might be as early as 22. It ain't happening in 22. I can well, we tell thought, you that. We
2: thought there wouldn't be an appetite for Texas and Oklahoma to linger around the Big 12 until 2025 as outgoing members. You know, with sort of it being openly known that they're leaving the league. You know, I, I you would think the Big 12 would maybe want to go ahead and and figure out a settlement or find some way to allow them to leave the league more quickly than that. You know, for, to avoid that sort of. Awkwardness or uncomfortable, uh, you know, j- just the, the, the unrest that comes with having two teams that have stated, well, three years from now, we're leaving, you know, your two most prominent members saying, well, three years from now, we're leaving this, this league together and going to a separate league. Doesn't seem to be any movement on on that front seems like at the moment July 1st 2025 is still the date that Texas and Oklahoma can become SEC members and they can play starting in fall of 2025 they can play SEC uh, sports as member institutions but you know it, it's something we need to change for, I still, for it to move
0: up from July 1st 2025 well the one thing that makes me still makes me think it's going to be sooner than that was the Big Twelve adding four schools? Uh, remember, I mean, uh, I guess it was back in September. The uh, the Big Twelve, you know, announced that, that BYU, Houston, uh, Cincinnati, and Central Florida UCF, yeah. were joining, and they could they could start participating as early as twenty twenty three. So, are they planning on adding four and not letting the and not letting Texas and Oklahoma leave? And go with a 14 team league or you would think so I mean at the moment if, if there's no
2: if, if there hasn't been an update on on July 1st 2025 as the date Texas and Oklahoma can leave, then it sounds like for a couple of years they might have this league with the new members and the outgoing members I mean it, it seems odd to go that way but yeah I mean at, at the moment that appears to be uh, the, uh, the the plan they're going to take well I saw a story where
0: um, on Thursday. Mike Gundy uh, told the Oklahoman that he thinks that the Big 12 is going to add two more teams. And then, and he said, and be at 14. He named Boise State and said. Well, with BYU, thought, with, with BYU <clears throat> in the league, it doesn't seem right. all that geographically crazy. But, I mean, do the math. All right? If you add Boise in another team to get to 14 that doesn't include Texas and Oklahoma that doesn't include Texas and Oklahoma so, I mean, but, but
2: but I wonder if they're talking long term
0: you know what I mean like they're not oh, yeah. thinking about well if you're Boise do you want to do you want to have something where other schools can come in and start playing in a conference next year and you're going to wait three more you're going to wait Two more
2: years? Yeah, I mean, it's. I just wonder if I mean anything that were to happen between now and twenty twenty five would almost be you know temporary while the Big Twelve absorbs the loss of Texas and Oklahoma. I, I still, to, I still think I think they'll be in the SEC before twenty twenty five. I kind of do too. I mean, I, I wonder if you know the ESPN TV deal, you know, with ESPN renegotiating and trying to take over all of the the SEC uh, sports broadcasts. I wonder if they would you know be willing to pay a premium to get Texas and Oklahoma in the fold earlier, and that's how. It feels like it's going to take dollars to lubricate this uh, yes, sort of thing, right? Yes. I mean, the Big Twelve is going to want their piece. Uh, you know, the SEC uh, uh, broadcast partners are going to, uh, you know, they're. I imagine those contracts could be renegotiated with Texas and Oklahoma as part of the fold. Um, there, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, if it happens, it's going to be because everyone's willing to pay the premiums.
0: Well, and the other thing that um, that that has been a sticking point. It it sure looked as though. Um, everybody was on the page for the expanded playoffs. Uh, but the SEC announcing, or the, when the word got out that Texas and Oklahoma would be joining the SEC, that all of a sudden backed everybody off. The other conferences that seemed to be in agreement for the expanded playoff used that as a reason for, whoa, hold on. We don't want Texas and Oklahoma in your conference. That's, that, that, then, then that's a sure thing that you're going to have more than, Two teams in the playoff, even though the SEC generally has two in the four-team playoff.
2: Right, and it does seem like you know that the mood has changed as far as all ten conferences need representation in the college football playoff. It seems like that was a pre-super conference sort of way of mm-hmm. uh, of, of viewing this. Yeah, it, it seems like college football playoff expansion is. Uh, you know, it, it's there's a question as to how it how the field uh, could change if the field will change from its current four to something else, and if so, uh, how is that going to happen? And yeah, a lot of that seemed to be a chain reaction started by Texas and Oklahoma deciding to go uh, from the Big Twelve to the SEC. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, ho- hope that uh, you know that answers your question, James. The short answer is there has been nothing concrete or nothing which would indicate that it's about to happen but it just it just seems hard to believe that uh something that is announced in july of of 2021 takes until 2025 to take effect
2: you mentioned ucf joining the big 12 a little bit of a uh, I mean a bit, bit of a shake up in women's college basketball in the uh, in the sec in the last couple of days as well you had uh gary blair the uh, longtime texas AM coach retired after mm-hmm. the season uh, they uh, a&m went into his coaching tree And they hired uh, Georgia head coach uh, Johnny Taylor, uh, Joni Taylor, uh, to be the uh, the new head coach at Texas A and M. Georgia goes to UCF and announced earlier uh, this weekend. Oh, they're one of their own that's too. right former georgia guard katie abramson henderson is the uh, is the new women's basketball coach at uh, the university of georgia that was announced on saturday now ucf uh, looking for a coach as they prepare their move into the big 12 it's a team that uh, made it to the round of 32 almost beat uconn in the uh, in the round of 32 in in the ncaa tournament this year so that could be a very attractive job uh, for whoever uh, ends up getting it but uh, georgia
0: and Texas A&M, both with new coaches just in the last couple of days. And then, of course, speaking of things happening in the last couple of days, when the uh, Cinderella story ended for St. Peter's, uh, apparently, I mean, it hasn't been announced officially, but everyone uh, is just waiting for when Shaheen Holloway is introduced at his alma mater, Seton Hall. Yeah, what what a, a whirlwind
2: couple of weeks. For Shaheen Holloway and Saint Peter's, and it comes to an end it against was North on, Carolina. Those,
0: that was not that was not a that was never competitive. Well,
2: no, it's it's the game that I think a lot of people were expecting yeah. them to play against Kentucky, right? I mean, back in the in the round of sixty four. I mean, yes, and and you're you're right. I mean, it was, it, they were able to avoid it a couple of times, but not a, a you know not not. Not this weekend. Not against the way North Carolina was playing. uh, You know, going into that Elite Eight matchup, and you're right; it was not not a competitive game. Uh, hopefully, don't want to take anything away from one of the great. You know, one of the great runs to oh, an it's Elite the Eight. Deepest
0: run yeah. by a, a a low low seed. One ever. of the
2: one of the least likely runs to the Elite Eight we've ever seen in the NCAA tournament, and Shaheen Holloway. You know. I was really impressed. Jasher, our, our buddy Jasher Cox, mm-hmm. uh, made, made reference to this too. Is that you can tell, like there, there is. And I think some of it's the uh, you know the, the time that he spent uh, as, as a uh, as an assistant uh, to Kevin Willard, who's a highly respected coach uh, for for his X's and O's. I know he's also uh, you know Shaheen Holloway spent a lot of time playing point guard for a lot of different coaches and picked up different things. But they run. It's a really weird and when it's working, a really cool offense that St. Peter's, you know, is able to sort of use to neutralize another team's size advantage. They run great-looking out-of-bounds plays. Uh, Shaheen Holloway's a good coach, and I'm curious to see with more ref, with, with more resources uh, what kind of team Shaheen Holloway can put together. I don't think he's just a – I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I don't think this is a guy who, you know, had one elite – No, I don't either. He's going he's to go back to obscurity. I, yeah. I wonder if – you know, college college basketball coaching has a new, very prominent star as as the coach of, of Seton
0: Hall. Yeah, and uh, and and yesterday was really, I mean, and I know I know it was for you too. I know it was for you, Drew, especially because of what Miami did in the second half. But I mean, from from halftime of the Miami Kansas game, uh, there there was no drama at all. It was just there was no reason to stay tuned to basketball for the rest of the day. I mean, I I saw the score. I saw how things were heading, and I decided, hey, it's time to get some yard work done. And, uh, and then I came back in for the start of the North Carolina St. Peter's game, and like five minutes into the game, I went, I can finish up outside.
2: Right, and I think for you know, I think for some folks, they were able to start their uh, you know their Oscars preview a little bit early, knowing that the uh, second basketball game wasn't wasn't going to be uh, much much of a nail biter. Uh, and the uh, you're you're right, it was, and it's a shame too because up until yesterday, I think you'd had thrilling oh, NCAA you had tournament great games, right? I mean, I mean, even
0: not that it wasn't great basketball for the winning teams yesterday, but you'd had you know very dramatic you know. Tense, close games. No, you had two dominant performances yesterday
2: oh, yeah. from, from teams, North Carolina and Kansas. But before that, I mean, you think about some of the games that we'd gotten in this tournament. North Carolina, you know, leading up to their Elite Eight game. You mm-hmm. think about the the Baylor and UCLA games. I mean, they played two, I mean, oh, the, Baylor, the Baylor game, they were great. And
0: then... Hung on for dear life,
2: right? And the North Carolina uh, UCLA game felt like a heavyweight title fight, where you know it was it, it came down to to the last minute. I mean, just excellent basketball. Didn't continue yesterday as far as the uh, the drama, the the thrilling drama. You did get some drama yesterday, but not not in the ba- not in bas- no. <laughs> not no. in basketball games. So it was uh no, it was it was uh, you know sort of a. a an underwhelming end to the uh, to the elite eight. Although I, I don't think this tournament has disappointed in the slightest, and even in this underwhelming end, you still had two teams that looked phenomenal. Just I mean, the reason it wasn't very dramatic was because there, there was one team that thoroughly outplayed
1: the other.
0: Yeah, now I don't I don't know that it. Uh, I disagree with what Terry was saying. I would say if if Justin Moore was healthy, I'd really. Really like Villanova to win the whole thing. Well,
2: well, that's also, if we're talking about underwhelming uh, performances, Houston Villanova was the worst basketball game ever. Oh. I mean, so let's let's start there. I mean, the game yeah, Saturday, you're right. you're the right. game to begin the Elite Eight was yeah. It's the, like
0: the, the, the weekend,
2: the worst basketball like, game. I mean, y- was, because that one, like, yes, the defense has played well. There were a lot of missed shots, like a lot of missed shots in that Memphis I, I know. In, well, in the Houston versus my, my wife. Game. My
0: wife came came walked into the room, was doing some things, walked in, and I told her the score, and she said, "How much time is left in the first half?" And I went, "No." it's left in the game right
2: i mean no it was it was uh, uh, it was yeah. 27-20 at, at the, half, the half at the half uh, and then yeah it was and, like 32 to 26 with like 15 minutes to go houston a team that had looked i mean houston arizona was a great game i mean there was some I mean, yeah. houston houston came into that game looking as dangerous as anybody in the field and maybe it's a testament to villanova that villanova was able to make houston look that pedestrian but no just a... Uh, a, a, a you know, a basketball game that I would call it forgettable, but that's not right either. Because I, I mean, I think I'll remember the, the game where Houston went 17 of 57 and Villanova won going 15 of 52, uh, from, from the field and Houston went one of 20 from three. Like, I mean, it was a, uh, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, you know, not, hopefully those are not the kind of games we get, uh, this, this upcoming weekend. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, what a tournament it's been, even despite maybe this weekend, a couple of games, uh, did not did not live up to their uh, to their uh, billing.
0: And again, uh to Dan, Dan, I don't know if you said this on the air, but we've talked about this a couple of times. When was the last time you had four bigger names playing in the final four, all four? I mean, when Villanova is the the least of the four and this is their seventh final four, they're going for their third national title in the last 7 years? And they are the they're the upstart, yeah, right. Like that's they are. That's, that's the no one. No question about it. Th- I mean, th- because you have three of the four teams that have been to the final four the most times ever, as the other three teams. Right. It
2: seems uh, you know it seems hard to imagine, or, or at least it's not coming to mind. If there's if there's a a final four that we've had in recent times when the four programs had. The tradition of these four programs. Well, the only
0: way you could do it would be to replace Villanova with either UCLA or Kentucky because those are the five teams that have been more than anybody, and it's not even close. Right. Maybe you
2: could go back to the '80s or something, and some Big East teams. You know, we're we're in there, right? Where you could throw a Georgetown or a St. John's. You know, would would be in in the mix as well. But no, you're right. It it seems like it would. uh, You know, this is this is the short list of the best basketball programs of the last mm-hmm. fifty years. And maybe Villanova isn't number four, but they're they're in they're in the mix. Oh, they got, they got...
0: Of the of the yeah, and of the
2: last thirty? I yes. mean you want to go last thirty years, last forty years? I mean I mean Villanova's got three national championships. They played, Since 85. In, a, they
0: played in a national championship game in seventy one. They won the national title in eighty five and then they've won it twice. In the last, the last and it, six, and years. it
2: seems like every postseason, Jay Wright has a team mm-hmm. that, that's in position. I know they've been upset a couple of times. He's been to the Final Four four times as their coach. Uh, he's been to the uh, he's been to the Elite Eight five or six. I mean, this is a uh, uh, it, it's it's hardly uh, you know a Cinderella story, uh, you know Villanova, uh, but considering that they're in the Final Four with North Carolina and Duke and Kansas. Uh, yeah they're the, they're the closest thing to an outsider or a misfit or an underdog but they're anything but and in fact they're even despite
0: the injury uh, good enough to uh good enough to beat any of these teams 334 321 1390 we'd love your thoughts anything sports um again we we may hear from Brian Matthews again toward the end of the show as the media is getting a viewing window watching. Novas Auburn missed
2: practice. Novas missed the tournament once since oh four, by the way. They do, that's they, pretty. That's pretty consistent. Think about that. They've, they've been to the NCAA tournament every year since two thousand four, with the exception of uh, uh, what? The, yeah, they, they missed in uh, in twenty twelve, and then nobody went to the NCAA tournament in twenty twenty. Right. So yeah. So they've they've missed. They've failed to qualify. For the NCAA tournament once since the
0: 2000, uh, starting with the 2005 tournament. We'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Come on in and join us here
1: on the Monday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga to be a part of The Drive. Call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com
0: Welcome back into The Drive. 21 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the Wild Business Studio. Drew at the controls. Um, something we didn't mention. We talked about it. We were just uh, sort of chatting about it off the air. Uh, Braves fans, you want to see the World Series trophy? It's going to be at Plainsman Park tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Pretty- that, and that is the, that's the only home game that Auburn plays in a stretch of, I think, eight games. Uh, it's the lone home game. They were on the road for three this past week at Texas A and M. Uh, they're home against Jack State tomorrow. They play three at LSU, and then they go to UAB uh, midweek next week. Yeah, I think it's um,
2: it, it's a part of the the, the Braves touring the South. Yeah. with the uh, with the World Series trophy, and and I think for uh, I mean, it's a, a cool game anyway tomorrow against Jacksonville State. But yeah, if you're, if you're looking to uh look at, looking for a moment, I, I don't know. I are they? I think they're doing pictures. I think they have, you know, I, I I don't know exactly how uh how how the Braves World Series trophy tour uh operates, you know, and how fans close.
0: will be able to have their picture there taken go. with the World Series trophy when gates open at five PM. The trophy will be located under the overhang of the Josh Donaldson hitting lab, and fans who wish to get their pictures taken are encouraged to enter the gate down the right field line. So there you go, you got a chance to get picked. Picture taken with the uh, World Series trophy. They got a a time on that that they
2: recommend people? Five o'clock. Okay, so five o'clock tomorrow. uh, You got a chance to to go see the World Series trophy at Plainsman Park and Auburn uh, coming fresh off their first conference series win of the season. A
0: road series win against Texas A&M, capped by that 13-9 win yesterday. What what are you seeing out of the team so far? they now, can, it's early in the season. They but. can hit the ball. They swing the bat well. I mean, they really do. That's something they've done throughout. Um, you know, they they've had some injury problems with the starters, and then some inconsistency problems with the starters. Um, Blake Burkhalter came in and was uh, excellent on uh, in 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 the the win, striking out the side to uh, to to wrap up the victory uh, on Friday before they. They lost I mean very not easily, but came very close to sweeping because they jumped out to a four nothing lead over A and M on uh, Saturday and then gave up single runs in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth and lost it in extra innings. Just could not get anything across after early. But that's really been the best anybody's been able to to shut them down for a while. So they'll they'll be able to be in just about any game. If they can get if they can get uh to the sixth inning. With a lead, they're they're in good shape, and they've got the bats to do that. Just you know, hopefully they get Joseph Gonzalez, who's had a blister uh, under a under a fingernail, and you can't pitch with that. I mean, uh, so he's been out for a couple of weekends. Hope they get him back. So uh, so we'll see. Tomorrow night it'll be uh, Jordan Armstrong, uh, who is uh, two and one, going against uh, Jack State, looking to try to. You know, prove that he can help them on the weekend as well. No, great to get a uh,
2: great to get a series win. I mean, this is a league where uh, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to win to uh, against anybody in this conference uh, in, in a given weekend. And Auburn, you know, like we we had a caller last week or two weeks ago that was sort of asking, you know, the breakdown as far as how many conference games you need to win to feel good about your chances of selection into the NCAA tournament. 500 or better, and you're in, and you're in, you know, you, you probably don't want to be, you don't, you probably don't want to win fewer
0: than 12. No, and no, no, no. I, it's, 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 it's very iffy if you're 13 and 17. 13 and 17. 14 and 16, you're probably in, but you better not lose midweek games. Uh, but if you're, if you're 500 and you've won, um, the majority of your midweek games, you're in great shape to be hosting a regional.
2: Right. It's not quite a race to 13, but the quicker you can get to 13 conference wins, the better. As far as feeling good about your chances of postseason selection and Auburn two series in, they got three.
0: Yeah, they're three and three they, now. And uh, uh, at LSU, LSU also three and three, as I was mentioning, um, more than half the league or half the league is three and three right now. Uh, exactly. Half the league. Seven of the 14 teams are three and three. Uh, you have Vandy at four and two, Arkansas five and one, Tennessee six and oh, and then, um, Kentucky, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Alabama are two and four. So yes, it is, you, you win a series, you can move up a lot. You lose a series, you can drop a lot here early on. Right.
2: And, and the standings are important, but at the same time, I mean, you're, you're
0: really, I mean, you know, with, you don't need to be swept at home. Yes. And, uh, I mean, you don't need to be swept on the road, excuse me. And you need not to be swept on the road. So, so you want to, you want to try to at least win two out of three at home, um, and take one on the road. Auburn did it the opposite way. It's a tough way to do it. But that was a team that at that time, Ole Miss was the number one team in the country. So they weren't swept. And then they came back and, uh, and one, two out of three. Yeah, they, I think they I could think have Auburn, taken two out of three at home. They could have swept on the road. That's the thing you don't want to be looking back and kicking yourself. But you know you need to take it, take advantage when you get the chance.
2: Yeah, and, and Auburn did. You know they were able to win. You know a close game yesterday as well. Right. In the sense, you know that that could have that, that could have gone the other way, and then you're. You know, thinking about, you know, what, what might have been if you if you had a chance to win a series and and you drop it instead. But no, I think all things considered to be three and three at this point in the season, especially when you factor in that one of those two series was against uh the the team that was number one at the time in Ole Miss. Um, no, I think Auburn's in Auburn's in pretty good shape. I'm with you. I, I'd love to see the starting pitching uh, round into form, and, and for Auburn to get more consistent performances out of the uh, out out of the guys. You know, out of the lead dogs in the uh, in, in in the rotation. Uh, but uh, this is a uh, this is a team trending in the right direction at the moment. Can't can't wait to talk with us, Sonny.
0: By the way, and uh, and, and uh, are we not, starting are not, we starting when do we start Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday oh, at we starting a day after tomorrow. Wednesday Good. at five thirty. I we're, knew it was gonna be Wednesdays. I wasn't I wasn't uh, sure exactly. We're we're talking with a, a different Sonny than the one that we've talked about. <laughs> That's from, right. We'll talk to that Sonny on
2: Thursday. We'll talk to now we now we gotta clarify who we're talking about because it's That's you, got, right. you got Auburn legendary Auburn coach Sonny Smith is our basketball guest. And then Sonny D. And then Sonny D, yeah, Sonny Dacharya, who who is uh, who is starting uh, you know who's, who's been Tearing the ball up as the first mm-hmm. baseman for Auburn, the, uh, the the transfer into the program, who will be joining us as our guest as part of Tiger Takes on Wednesdays
0: here on the Drive, starting at five thirty this week. We're uh, heading toward our bottom of the hour break. Plenty of time for you to join in in the uh, final half hour here on the uh, Monday Drive three three four three two one thirteen ninety again. You know we may hear from Brian Matthews. If he has time following the viewing window that the media is having right now, I'll talk a little bit about some of the information we 've gleaned from um, assistant coaches and from Brian Harson following the scrimmage on Friday uh, in the final half hour. But again, your calls you know can lead us whatever direction you'd like again three three four three two, one thirteen ninety we 've got a half an hour to go. Here on the Monday edition of the Drive, Bill, Dan, and Drew. You know what we can do, Bill, is we can tell people about
2: our new our new uh, station here on, on Auburn Network because we we're both big fans. Right. Well, w-
0: when the show's over, you can you know if 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 you need if you need something other than sports, uh, we got Tiger Country 1045, 104.5 uh, With I mean, it is classic. You. You know, I hear a lot of stations talking about classic this, classic that. It is classic country. Real country,
2: true country, Tiger country, 104.5. What, you hear some Merle, some George Strait.
0: Some George Jones. And some George Tammy Jones. Oh, mean, but, man. But then a lot of, uh, it, it's heavy on the 80s 90s, which
2: is great stuff. Yeah, can't, can't go wrong. 104.5, Tiger country, 104.5 uh, from the uh, Arbor Network family of stations. We need to get to
0: our bottom of the hour break. Come on in and join us here in the final half hour of the Monday Drive.
1: Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back
0: into the drive here on this Monday. Yeah, Floyd just uh, texted and said, uh, "Well, can we get you know Sunni Lee? And since we've got Sonny Smith and Sonny Deshera, can we get Sunni Lee?" Nice. I said, "What about uh, Sonny Galloway?" That's, no, <laughs> no, we won't get. Uh, no, I, I, I would say that's less than that's less than unlikely.
2: Sonny Galloway? No, yeah, yeah no. I would, I would think it's, it's, uh, yes, that, that seems. I mean, we'll, we'll see what we can do, but don't get your hopes up. I guess would be my, uh, my expectation. But no, really excited about what we're talking about here is, uh, is, is Sonny Charo who's going to join us as the, uh, as the baseball representative on Tiger Takes every Wednesday
0: here on the Drive. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. And uh, yes, we're we can't, <laughs> we can't afford SUNY Lee. What are
2: you crazy? He's on Dance with the yeah, Stars. Really, she's really, she's uh, bankrupt. The show, get, get calling her once, Floyd. Well, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he's ready to sp- help sponsor. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're having a, they're having a great season, by the way. They we really probably, are. We don't they're talk about They and hosting it
0: yeah. and, and, and uh, hosting this weekend, as a matter of fact. So uh, so yeah, that's that's something to to keep an eye on is they they host the uh, the regionals at Neville Arena. Um, and yeah there's there's a, a media opportunity with uh with Jeff Graba uh
2: tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. That's uh I believe later this week uh, the the regional oh yes uh, gets uh, gets gets started at Auburn Arena so you might see uh, uh if you if you're on campus you might see increased uh gymnastics activity. Uh, in the uh, in, in in the in the area and people using uh, using Neville Arena for the uh, for for that occasion. It starts
0: it, yes, it starts Wednesday. First round features Iowa State and Western Michigan. The winner advances to the second round Thursday. The afternoon session will start at one o'clock, and will include Auburn, the number two seed, the number three seed, Kentucky, um, Georgia, and Southern Utah. And then the evening session of round two starts at 7 o'clock on Thursday. That features number one seed Florida, the fourth seed Denver, and Ohio State, as well as the winner of day one.
2: So it's a play-in dual meet between Western Michigan and Iowa State. So the winner advances into the fourth spot in the the evening slate, and the loser goes home. So sort of a Mm sudden-death gymnastics meet. Uh, to uh, to get action going on Wednesday between those two teams, but yeah, the uh, uh, some some big uh, some big programs, some big names, and Auburn looking for uh, looking for some major hardware in uh, in
0: gymnastics this season, and they've got the uh, they got the talent to do it. Absolutely, it's it's been a great season thus far, and great to have the opportunity to be hosting this week. 334-321-1390. Again, anything on your mind sports wise? What do you think of the Final Four? Uh, I won't even ask anybody about. Oh yeah, I mean, may, maybe somebody's got. Um, you know, Kansas was a one seed. You've got a, what a one two uh, a one two twos and an eight. Is That's that right?
2: right. That's right. I mean, I think that it's. I mean, if you if you had Kansas or Duke as as the champion, you know, even Villanova, Joe Champy right. loved Villanova. You know, when when the tournament started, like I, I don't think it's, and the field was wide open enough that you know I I can't imagine anybody had you know p- picked the field to look like this right like i can't imagine you know no. any- anyone's got a bracket <laughs> that looks real good but i would believe that your champion is still in the field or you got a final four team or two right between duke oh, yeah. and Kansas and, 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 villanova carolina is the biggest underdog as far as they were the team <gasps>
0: you know when when the when the bracket was revealed oh there was question as to you know did they deserve to be in but and uh, where they were they Overseated, but at, compared at, at to the eight.
2: other compared to the other three teams in the Final Four, Carolina was the biggest long shot to make it this far in the NCAA tournament. Now they've played; I mean, it it doesn't feel like a fluke, right? They beat Baylor, you know they they were up comfortably in that game, won that great game against UCLA, and the, and then took care of business yesterday against the uh, against against the Peacocks. Uh, but this is a, I mean, it, it's it's a Carolina team that maybe was the biggest underdog go, going in. Um, but, but no, it's, it's not a, you know, it, it's hardly, even with them, it's hardly a Cinderella story.
0: No, and, and they are the team with the most Final Four appearances of any school. They're the only team that has been to the Final Four more than 20 times. This is 22 for them. UCLA and Duke. Have been 18 times. So, what do you is, So, it shouldn't be that big a shock. Unlike, like I said, I don't, and again, I don't remember this was on the air. I said, you know, five years ago, if you'd have just said, hey, here are the four teams that are in the final four five years from now, somebody would have gone, well, that's, that's, that's no surprise. That's They're pretty much there is, all the time. Is this going to end with Coach K holding the trophy, Bill? Oh, man. Is this going to end it's with Coach K retiring? Not, it's definitely not, you know, uh, Unlikely now, I would I would say. You know why? Because I mean, Duke. How motivated? The only thing is, I go back to Terry's call. How much if they beat Carolina to avenge that last loss for Coach K at at Cameron? If they do that, how much do they have left? You know, how do they do it again two days yes, later? Yeah, two no, days I, later. I think
2: that's a fair question. I mean, the the flip side of that would be whoever they play will also have to find a way to sort of. You know, muster up, cause, cause it'll be a, it's not the same sort of emotion, but the Villanova, Kansas winner will also, you know, have, have to deal with the pressure of going from right. the final four to the Which championship game. Which game's first?
0: Is, is Duke Carolina the first game? I think game? Duke Carolina's first. I was thinking that's the
2: first game. I, be- yeah. I believe, Duke Carolina's first. That's going to be, and the, the TV rating for that is going to be astronomical, yes. right? I mean, the, the rating for the, the Duke Carolina game on, on Saturday night is going to be. It's
0: like five o'clock, 5.09 Yeah. Something on, like that on, start. On, the other one's seven forty nine or something like that. What do you think that. every
2: television in the state of North Carolina? Every every single it's going to do like a ninety nine a ninety nine percent share yeah. in in that state uh, for for the folks who didn't make the trip to to New Orleans uh, for the thing no that uh, that's going to be uh, and let me I want to get the the time right so it's I'm pretty no sure. you know what
0: we're wrong is it six oh nine and eight forty nine so central no no we're wrong about which one's early oh oh okay. so oh so North so Carolina Duke is the late yes. game Villanova Kansas wow.
2: is five oh nine local six oh nine uh, Eastern. Yeah. North Carolina Duke is the 7:49 Central, 8:49 Eastern game. The second of the two games, which I don't think is going to dampen he's, he's the. He's just
0: calling to get calling the to correct right. us on that no, one. Yeah, okay. so well, yeah, we so, appreciate that. Yeah,
2: I thought I, you know, I I was uh, I, I was sure about that the other way, but nevertheless, I think that that doesn't. I mean, oh, that's even better, man. I builds, think so too. Builds
0: the drama through. I it. think so
2: too. I think you will have a. I mean, there will be a robust audience for these two games, and uh, and I really think that uh, yeah, the Duke-Carolina game maybe could break records, you know, as far at least recent records of, of Final Four viewership. I mean, there's going to be that kind of interest. There would have been anyway with Coach Gay's last NCAA tournament and the Final Four, you know, making the Final Four mm-hmm. in his last one. Right. You give North Carolina as an opponent, first time ever in the NCAA tournament, Duke and North Carolina are going to play each other. I mean, this is... It's uh, it's exactly what the TV networks wanted, and part of that is because for a lot of casual fans, this is exactly what they want to see mm-hmm. in in a game like this.
0: Yeah, they, they they've heard of
2: these these teams. Yeah, you know, that matchup. People, yeah, you're not you're not you know going to be wondering yeah. which which team is which. You're
0: going to know you're going to know the jerseys. Yeah, and I, I heard somebody I heard somebody try uh, be to careful. explain this. Okay. No, no, I heard somebody okay. try to explain this earlier today, saying, "Well, it's it's like Auburn, Alabama." Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I'd say that to a North Carolina Duke fan. That oh, it's like Auburn Alabama. They go no, you're like us. You're you you think your rivalry is like ours? Yeah, I
2: mean it's it's it would be like if
0: if fate put a put a big
2: what we think of as the major college football rivalries right. Ohio State and Michigan would be another one. Right. Auburn Alabama's on that list. Oklahoma Texas. If, yeah, that's what somebody was saying. It'd be
0: like like Auburn and Alabama are playing. And the championship game.
2: Exactly. If these two, if
0: the college football
2: playoffs right. made it to where these two teams had to have their rivalry game in a college football playoff game, it's like that, but with, uh, with, with North Carolina and Duke. And.
0: Well, I guess it'd be like but, if you're playing in the semis. But it would also this be. Is the semis.
2: Okay, but Bill, imagine if that were happening in Nick Saban's last year. Like, if it were Nick Saban, if Nick Saban announced it was his last season and he's in the college football playoff and it's a team like Auburn that he has to play in the college football playoff.
0: To, that's. Right, the, Auburn had gone into Tuscaloosa and spanked him at that, the end of the regular season? Yeah. That'd be sort of like it's what it's like. So that's. Well, that's. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, you, so if, you're, if you're a casual college basketball fan listening to us for some reason, that would be uh, what, what North Carolina Duke in the Final Four in Coach K's final year. Right. Is is uh, is is a little bit like, yeah.
0: So uh, so yes. So yeah. Really it's, it's, really looking forward. So to it's that. yeah. It's big. It feels right. it feels big. I uh, wanted wanted to uh, talk a little bit about some of the things we uh, picked up from uh, assistant coaches. We've had an opportunity to uh, spend time with with a lot of the assistants. Now I'm trying to think of who we have it uh, because we we spent time with uh, Jeff Schmedding and Eric Keysaw the coordinators. Then we had the four new assistant coaches. Uh, Jimmy Brumbaugh, Christian Robinson, um, I'm, I'm, blanking on all the, the assistants right now. You talked uh, to the rock. We talked to rock bell and Tony. Um, I'm having to go position by position. Uh, talk to Schmettig, I, I, Schmettig and I, Kiesa, and I, I kill, kill you. Yeah. I kill your talk. So to the, me. those were the four we talked to next. Then today it was Brad Bedell and Zach Etheridge. So that is eight. Can we talked to Will Friend. Have not talked to Will Friend, and Cadillac Williams and Cadillac. That's it. So they're the they're the other the guests, holdovers. The, other the two
2: the two offensive holdovers in their in their same spot. Right from from last year are the two that we haven't uh, spoken with yet. I imagine we'll talk to uh, to either of those guys. You know, between now and the start of the season, at some point.
0: Uh, but well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, they they've been very good. I would think next week probably we'll get the opportunity to talk. To those two sure and there and there was some news at the running back
2: position right i mean you were uh, uh you you were saying i mean there, that's that's been one of the things folks are,
0: are watching for is well with with uh jarquez hunter now out uh, and and uh brian harson said they cleaned up his knee and he'd be out for about eight more weeks so you know he's done for uh for spring practice and jordan ingram and sean jackson have been getting a lot of work and both those guys uh, I thought had some had some nice moments in the scrimmage that we got to see a little bit of on Friday. Jordan Ingram had about a thirty yard touchdown round, a touchdown run where he made a nice read, cut and uh, and then outran some guys into the end zone. Sean Jackson, he's a good looking back. He is a strong, physical. Caught the ball well out of the backfield. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk, people wondering is Auburn going to go after a back. In the transfer portal, i I get, I before, get the feel, I get the feeling Auburn's pretty pleased, uh, knowing, feeling that Jarquez will be fine, and seeing Tank Tank is having a great spring. There's also, as we talked about last year, there's
2: also something of a ceiling on what kind of running back you can bring. That's in right. When you have someone like Tank Bigsby, you got a guy that
0: expects to be a starter. He's not going to come to Auburn with Tank healthy.
2: Exactly. Now, if now if if Tank Bigsby weren't in the picture and Auburn oh, were looking then that's in the a completely portal, different story. It, it's a completely different story. But the way it stands now, yeah, I mean, maybe Auburn looks at the running backs behind Tank, uh, the Jordan Ingram, Sean Jackson, Jarquez Hunter, when he returns, and then
0: Damari Austin's coming in. That's right, you know, in a in a couple of months. Maybe Auburn looks
2: at those four running backs as enough. I think it would be a sign, uh, you know, a real sign of progress for Auburn this season if you got production out of a running back other than Tank Bigsby. In conference play, hard to really say Auburn did right. I mean, you look mm-hmm. and, that, and that was with and that was with an right. experienced player like Sean Shivers on the roster right. too, which Auburn doesn't necessarily have. You know, behind Tank Bigsby right now. I mean, Auburn would love to get more production out of the running back position total, but you can't expect Tank to do all of that. You'd love to be able to spell him or 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 give you know give give someone else a chance to get you know even give defenses a different look. And even if, even if it's not just about preserving tank bigsby so yeah i think i think another
0: running back performing well would really be a welcome sign for this team well well then how about let me throw this out there and and see the kind of reaction this gets which is a completely 180 from that and that is the first guy we saw uh, working on returning punts was tank bigsby what do you think of that oh that's that yes now that's the offense
2: we i think we heard eric Keesaw mention that they're looking at getting the ball to Tank Bigsby
0: every possible finding way. A, that's right. Finding any way to get the ball in his hands. Right. And I know there are a lot of people that are like, don't even think about putting Tank Bigsby out there to return a punt. That's the first time I'd ever seen him catching a punt. He didn't have any trouble fielding there's, punts there's, the other day in practice.
2: Well, there's two schools of thought there. There's the thought that when you, have a, when you have a superstar, when you have an electric player, you figure out any way to get him a touch. And if that includes kick returns and punt returns... That includes kick returns and punt returns. The other school of thought would be, if he's a huge part of your offense, you, uh, you, you, want, you want those touches to come on plays from scrimmage. You don't necessarily want to waste his touches on kick returns or punt returns unless you feel really good about his ability to make big plays in that category. You also open him up to more hits right. as your punt returner, which makes a lot of folks nervous about having any starter, uh, offensive or defensive, as their primary punt returner.
0: Now... And and Brian Harson didn't say this. My my initial thought is, it's not bad to have a guy like that work on catching punts, so that if if maybe a game is on the line, you could put him back there.
2: You but know? you would probably not want
0: your starting. But not have back. him back there. I wouldn't think you'd have him back to return every punt. And and I asked Brian Harson about that after the scrimmage Friday, and uh, yeah, he he sort of smiled at. Different ways they're getting him. He did point out, though, that Javarius Johnson is not out there right now. That, that appears to me, there's your main punt returner, but it sure doesn't hurt to let Tank get a little work just in case you may need it in a, in a, critical situation
2: i would agree with that i would say that i mean generally i veer on the side of caution mm-hmm. when it comes to if you have a really but if you're important playing
0: for a lot i mean to like win a huge game or there's a lot riding uh, and not just not just game. running backs
2: not yes. just running backs either I, I don't like seeing my number one receiver as my team's primary punt returner i get nervous about if i got a star corner
0: Sometimes, I, you know, yet, sometimes those guys, if I they're know, that much better than anybody else, I mean... I know the temptation to, to you know to have them as... How many, as, how many people use someone who, is, who that's all you see them do is be a return guy? There aren't many teams that do that. Usually it's somebody who is who is a pretty prominent player on either offense or defense. Somebody, I mean, you, you can, we've, we've seen teams
2: use a backup receiver as, as their, as their punt returner at times. I mean, I don't think that's, or, you know, or if you go with a young guy, I mean, I think about when, uh, uh when, you know, we've seen a younger defensive back, you know, start as a, as a guy who can make, return plays and then sort of move move into a more prominent role on offense or defense but no, I mean and we're also seeing the return game deemphasized anyway right i mean kick returns well, are kickoff for sure kick returns are less important than ever mm-hmm. punt returns um you know we're seeing uh that, you know that that's that's if you can if you can get a guy an extra touch that's one way to do it i i think i agree with you i would be very nervous about tank bigsby as my team's primary, primary right. punt returner, especially if he was also expected to have a huge role offensively. But getting him some experience there for situations uh, you know, is, isn't the worst idea in the world. And, and like you said, I think some of Auburn's other options at punt returner are injured right now.
0: We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in 334 here on the Monday Drive
1: live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and silicaga To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Final
0: couple of minutes of the monday drive our thanks to uh, brian matthews for joining us early on brian said he could probably get back with us later on this week yeah i'd love to hear what brian
2: saw from the uh from the the, the practice today the viewing window and and we'll talk with other folks who are there uh in the uh, in, in in the coming days and, and get their thoughts on uh
0: the uh on, on the shape of the team as well yep uh and uh um let's see we've got Usual Tuesday tomorrow, right? Right. Our buddies, Barrett Salee and uh, and Jake and Crane. Jake Crane should be with us tomorrow. Wednesday again. Uh, Jason Caldwell early. Sonny Deshara. Yeah, re-
2: really looking forward to talking with, uh, with 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 Big Sonny about the uh, about his his start to the year and everything else that's uh, been uh, been happening in the uh, in 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 the world of Auburn baseball. And with Jason Caldwell, I mean information. Jason, he's going to have uh, uh, everything
0: going on. Um, just seeing some notes. Went over to auburnsports.com. Some of the uh, notes from today's practice. Brian working on getting a video up, but uh, Christian Clementi posting that Landon King working with the receivers for how the about, first time. How about today. that, so well, so they went through the first half of the spring with him working at tight end, and starting today getting a little work at receiver. And I mean, they they really need that with JJ Evans uh, out. That's, that's at least explain what reason we hadn't seen him at all. But, I mean, Brian Harsin said he's out for eight weeks, but Javarius Johnson hopefully back sometime. I mean, Auburn only had five receivers. They need somebody else out there working a receiver.
2: Yeah, re- really looking forward to seeing what Auburn can, uh, you know, th- this even if a receiver or two takes a step in the right direction, you still get the sense Auburn is going to try to add to that position between the between now and the start of the season. And just a question of... You know where, where's Auburn? Where's Auburn going to look? You know wh- who are who's Auburn going to come up with as uh, the, uh, the the players who could contribute at wide
0: receiver? Ah, little note: Javarius back at practice today. That's a little early, isn't it? That's that's good. Well, he absolutely. said absolutely good news. He said he'd be back soon. I didn't know that meant the next practice. Um, we're out of time here on the Monday Drive. Look forward to talking with you as well as our guests tomorrow. That's going to do it for today. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.